0: Welcome to the WP Builds podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Warmsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number 140 of the WP Builds podcast, which is entitled "Feeling Insecure About Security." part one. It was published on Thursday the 8th of August 2019. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England and I'll be joined in a few minutes by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com because it's a discussion episode this week and we'll be talking about internet security like I just said. But a couple of things before we begin. If you wouldn't mind heading over to the WPBuilds.com website, I've got a few links I'd like to share with you. The first one is the subscribe link. So that's WPBuilds.com forward slash subscribe. And there you'll be able to join our email list and be notified about updates. So podcast updates, news updates that we put out on Monday. And also updates to plugins when there's deals and promotions offered. We'll let you know about those. Also, you can subscribe to us with your favourite podcast podcast player, join our 2,200-strong Facebook group, and find out what we do on YouTube and so on. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. The other one is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals, or you can just click the deals link in the main menu at the top of the website. And over there, you'll find something akin to Black Friday. It's Black Friday, but every day of the week, you can get significant amounts off plugins and themes. And chances are, if you're in the market to buy some WordPress product. It's worth heading over there and seeing because you never know there might be something there that uh, that you can snag a deal on. WPBuilds.com forward slash contribute if you'd like to join us on the podcast and share something so that the community at large can understand something that you recently did that you're proud of. And WPBuilds.com forward slash advertise if you would like to advertise on the WPBuilds podcast. We have banner ads and audio inserts so that you can get your product out in front of a wider audience, a bit like the Page Builder Framework have done. Do you use a page builder to create your websites? The Page Builder Framework is a mobile responsive and lightning fast WordPress theme that works with Beaver Builder, Elementor Breezy and other page builders. With its endless customization options in the WordPress customizer, it's the perfect fit for you or your agency. Go to wp-pagebuilderframework.com today. And we thank the Page Builder Framework for supporting the WP Builds podcast. Right, let's get stuck into it. Today we're talking about insecurity of security. It's part one. We got to the end of this episode and realized it was far too long. So we kind of cut it in half. So you got part one this week, followed by part two next week. And in this episode, we talk about all of the, the usual security stuff that might be affecting WordPress freelancers and WordPress developers. So we talk about actually quite a lot of non WordPress stuff, things like passwords, GDPR, that kind of thing. And then we talk about the things that we do with the sites that we manage and care plans and security plugins and so on but there's more next week for now though i hope you enjoy this week
1: this discussion we're calling feeling insecure about security so we thought it was probably time that we discussed something that was kind of more practical nathan we've been a bit sort of tree huggy recently haven't we talking yes. about kind of personal stuff
0: yeah you've got really into your psychology and your personality types and things like that as yeah. well yeah so this is back to uh Back to solid ground, shall we say.
1: Yeah. So we're talking about what actually, well, we, we're happy with it now because we've already had a chat. But I think so many of our friends don't feel they've got their WordPress security or the security sorted out in their business. So we thought we'd have a chat about all different areas of that. Yeah. So we're actually quite organized, aren't we? So we've actually got some categories stuff to talk about yeah well well, i suppose
0: it's always good to um to sort of say at the beginning that you know there are people in the wordpress community who live and breathe this stuff you know they literally do wordpress security all day every day so we're kind of um we're kind of cribbing our uh, collective memories about things that we've seen or things that we've heard and um but i i would say that you know if you've got a real security like proper concern about something then um
1: then this is probably not the place to get the, the perfect advice. <laughs> no, exactly. And you've done great interviews with people who know this stuff. But yes, I guess yeah. we're we're coming at it from a different angle, aren't we, as business owners who have to make decisions That's right. about what we're going to you know, take on board from experts. So, yeah, so first thing perhaps to talk about is the non-WordPress security side of things. So we've had GDPR and... We most countries have some form of data protection where we need to look after personal data. So Yeah. How how good are you in this? Do well, you kind of delete stuff?
0: I do. I've you know, I've set up all the gravity forms now so that they expunge the data after a certain period of time. I can't remember how that works, but basically most ingress of data for me comes via gravity forms. And so yep. I I have set what, whatever the capability is in gravity forms to expunge all that data. So I can't remember how it works, but that's the way I'm dealing with that kind of stuff. I'm still a I'm still a bit mystified by this whole GDPR thing. To be honest, I I, I still have yet to hear a a story of somebody ordinary like me who's been bitten by it. But it, I think it was a bit of a wake up call, and and I do. Um, I, I have amended my privacy policy and I have amended my terms and conditions to hopefully get that stuff right. Um, but uh, yeah, not a great deal
1: to, to add on that one, really. Do you? Yeah, well, I took it seriously and, and I took the, the, the bit that's been around for a long time, really. Not the online stuff, but the data protection, the the thing that we're supposed to get rid of data that we don't need. So old clients particularly so you know ones that i don't look after any longer there should be no reason for me to keep their data Mm. um so so i had a clean out of that but (laughs) i've only just recently realized that i've not been that good on it because i realized i've got kind of login details left on last pass that belongs to them and things like file filezilla so there's still a bit of cleaning up to do yeah.
0: yeah, I'm sure that's the same for all of us. You know, when when we sadly lose a client, I, it's not right on the top of my list to go through LastPass and expunge all that. Um, it's not right at the top of my list to go through and check that I've disconnected and removed all SSH keys and things like that so I can't log into their site anymore. Um, but I do periodically go through the settings in my IDE and just delete sites I've no idea on my Mac what's happening to those SSH keys, whether they are truly being expunged or not. But I am I am cleaning it up as and when. But I, I don't really have a a process of doing it at the the moment the I cease to work with them.
1: Yeah, and you know it's something I I, I should be more conscious of because uh, you know being a bit of a digital nomad and I'm working mostly from my laptop and I'm often connecting to shared or public Wi-Fi as well. Do you use a so VPN? I I do a lot, and most of the time I'm I'm renting a place where our, you know, our internet's kind of our own. It's separate, so that's kind of okay most of the time. But okay. you know, it's something that I have to be really careful of, particularly when I when I am uh, FTP in. Um, in fact, I did this recently. I was <laughs> in Thailand before, and I went to connect to my FTP, and I realized I was on the shared. But do you know what? My FTP FileZilla actually stopped me from connecting. Oh, nice. Yeah. So How i was surprised about that. I, I really don't know, but it just wouldn't for the first time. And then I stuck my dongle in, which of course is ours. But I mean, again, you know, it's one of those things. Was it a I change it in IP trust. address?
0: Was that presumably? Presumably, it can't know what the the type of um you know the type of sharing of the internet connection is i don't suppose it knows that but maybe it does maybe there's some amazing mystery stuff going on some flag yeah. in the tcp connection that that tells it this is shared I've, i literally don't know how it would do that but i always i always use a vpn if i'm out and about you know if i yeah and i, I because i'm basically based in the uk and there's always uh you know a, a connection uh, somewhere nearby, I I very rarely have to use it to be honest, because most of the work I'll do at home. And but if I go into a client's office or something, I just switch it on, um, make it yeah. so that everything goes through there, and you, you don't even notice. It's just on my Mac. It's a little tiny, basically a green dot in the bar at yeah. the top, and so long as that's connected, it's fine. But yeah, I do take those precautions. I I pay for a VPN
1: um, annually. Yeah. No, oh, excellent. yeah, so I do, <laughs> yeah, it's easy to slip up on those things, I think. Hmm. but uh, anyway, no issues so far. Good. But uh, yeah, so other things. Um, there is something we were talking about earlier, something that I started doing because I saw other people do it, and that's use a service which is well, it's said as time, oh, sorry one time, but it's actually the URL for it, if no one's seen this, is the number one t y dot m e. And it's a a way of sharing passwords with a client. So it's a self-destruct thing. So you put in your password, you share the link to the client. When the client opens it, uh, they can take the password. But as soon as they've dismissed it, it's deleted.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is a really cool service if we can take them on face value that they are, in fact, expunging <laughs> the data. So there's obviously that caveat. But let's assume that's true. It's a nice idea. I, um, I recently became aware that LastPass has the capability to share excuse me share yeah. passwords in a in quite a clever way in that you can share a password but the the other person so long as they're a lastpass user they they don't actually have access to it they can make use of it but they can't uh, see it so I think it's quite ingenious you know so it can fill out a login field for example in WordPress but it it, there's no way that you can actually get that password out and look at it and scribble it down anywhere. So that's quite a nice way of doing it. And I would really, really strongly recommend that if anybody isn't using a password manager, that the, the state, the way things are at the moment, you really should be. You should never be reusing uh, passwords. They should be long, horrifically complicated, including all sorts of gibberish characters and um like i say never reuse them and the, the human brain can't keep up with that so we have to we have to yeah. give that knowledge to something else and a password manager like lastpass or one password or dashlane all of these different
1: rivals they're they're worth investing in i would say yeah absolutely i mean i didn't know that you could kind of share LastPass like that but it's only you who told me how it kind of works because i've never really shared with someone yeah so, i hadn't
0: proactively done that somebody shared one into me and then i yeah. I, I was quite amazed how it worked actually the, the problem of course is is getting these passwords and things like this to your clients because. Virtually none of them are using a password manager though, you know, they, they're amazingly willing to share their information towards me. Like, you know, if they bring their WordPress <laughs> site to me, they'll quite happily send me an email showing me their username and password and what have you for the admin account. Uh, it flies over the internet all in the clear in an email, you know, unencrypted. <laughs> yeah. And i um, always quite amazed that people are so willing to do this. I try when I communicate this stuff with clients, I try to send this stuff um, through things like Last, LastPass, but obviously most of them don't use it. So then I contrive to be a little bit security conscious. So I might send the the login username or email mm. in one service, so that might go through email. Then if I know their e- uh, sorry their um, mobile phone number, I might text them the the password. I, I mean, it's adding a
1: little bit of security, but frankly, it's not particularly secure. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The reason I use the one uh, time is because of that link, because of the trying to get over to the client, this idea that security is important, because I I think nearly every client who's given me a password, and they do freely share it, gives me one that I think is so easy to crack. I don't think I've ever been sent anything that's been a long, complicated password before. And we do know that WordPress, getting to WordPress, I suppose, that um, it, it is possible to brute force
0: WordPress. You know, you can just keep having a go at the yeah. uh, the username and password. And so if, you know, if your client is using a ridiculously simple password, you know, the word monkey123 or something like that, sure. then um, yeah. there's a there's a bit of education to be done there. And I, I can't see why we shouldn't be having those conversations.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I am conscious as well. I mean, I say the same thing every time and I don't think anyone's ever done it so uh, you know i will help someone to move their their um domain to our site when it's built and they'll give me their login to their domain registration account and that and i ask them always to change it after they let me have it because i shouldn't i shouldn't have that kind of information yeah and um they never do
0: i think that's (laughs) i think that's really an important conversation to have because obviously if something were to go wrong at some point in the future and they Gan around in their brain who who who's had access to this Well, david david warmsley he wants to yeah. have access to it could be him maybe he's done something there's um there's a feature in google domains that i've mentioned before so it's go- uh, domains.google.com whereby you can delegate i think is the word they use you can delegate the ownership of um domains to other people so you could purchase the domain on their behalf because you know they don't understand that process and they don't want to set up the DNS. And then you can delegate it to an email address. And from that moment on, at any moment of their choosing, uh, if I've understood it correctly, nobody's actually deployed this with me yet, but I understand that they they can then take it from you uh trivially, you know, they don't have to go through the, the whole process of um, moving registrars and all that kind of stuff. They just keep it where they are, but they can take control of it. And then when you log into your Google domains account, it, it's it gone. You know, you no longer have the capability to do that. I'm sure that's the same with other registrars, but I'd not come across that before and I quite like it
1: yeah that that is good i mean I, I certainly come from a culture of um looking out for this coast kind of responsibilities making sure that you're always protected i mean i i work in quite a few Places that did childcare, you know, and you mm-hmm. always sort of made sure you did certain protections so you could never be accused of anything. Yeah. Right? You wouldn't leave your You wouldn't leave yourself alone with a vulnerable person. Yeah. yeah. You know, And that kind of thing. So, you know, I think it reminds me really to look into those kind of things. That's why I'm kind of keen to say change your passwords, but when they don't do it, you're still kind of vulnerable.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's interesting as well, you know, the recycling of passwords. I think the general consensus now, and I am going to be shot down in flames for this, I'm sure, but I'm speaking from a a position of taking somebody's advice, let's say, who knows what they're on about. There used to be this policy in companies to sort of recycle your passwords every few months, you know, swap it because you haven't changed Mm. it for a couple of months. Realistically, if your password is gibberish and long, and complicated, there's no real need to change those things. So long as, uh, you know, you can be sure that nobody has had access to it, the the initial one will be good. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, a bit of an aside
1: that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, should we talk about, we don't do this because we try to get people on our care plans mainly, but I still have some of these people who, that have sites, who still come to me, but I don't manage them on an ongoing basis. So, so there's some questions there aren't there about security. Do we they're going to manage their WordPress site. We've probably recommended it to them. Do we do we have a responsibility then to inform the clients about WordPress security?
0: I think WordPress security is a is a is an interesting one because it because of its massive surface area it has a massive uh, attack uh vector you know because yeah. there's just so many people using it but but that is to say that isn't to say sorry that wordpress core is is a bad piece of software it i I would say that it's you know it's updated constantly we do get these occasional little um quick minor updates for security reasons. They can push it out from a central place. Now that update is being signed from now on. That's an added benefit in in WordPress's ecosystem that other CMSs possibly Mm. don't have. Um, I would say WordPress core itself is pretty darn good depending on what hosting environment you've got it. Um, it's the plugin architecture that that causes the problems, you know, the plugin and theme architecture, which is mostly to blame. And I, I do have this conversation with people who come to me. I do say, look, it's not really WordPress. It's just it's just the nature of online software. It's it's liable to be attacked. You've got to take. There's got to be preventative measures. Whether that's well, we'll come to this, but whether that's backups mm. or some sort of firewall, it, the, these are all good ideas but you can't protect yourself fully. You've just got to do as best you can and have something ready for the rainy day when it when it goes down and all goes wrong.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was really beautifully put, actually. Oh. And I think that really sums it up. I don't, you know, I think when I have tried to explain it or largely it's been the colleague I worked with who had to explain it to clients, I don't think they really took it on board. I think maybe because their focus was on getting a website and not all the yard Yeah. So <laughs> even though they were told to update it, you, you know, and that this is kind of important. And also, and I don't know who else does this, but I mean, I am kind of a bit sniffy about plugins. I don't just don't like to get involved in putting a site together with plugins that I don't feel I trust, you know, so mm. there's usually a, a warning for, for clients to go, you know, or, plugins that are on the repository aren't all created equally they're no, not all no, as safe as yeah, each other
0: that's absolutely true i mean i suppose some little easy to easy to consume bits of oh, i'd hate to use the word wisdom but you know they've been passed down to me as wisdom so i'm, I'm passing i'm not claiming wisdom um is you know don't use the default admin account so change that yeah. make sure that your passwords are really obscure and strong and stored in some Location where they can't easily be accessed without your authentication. And um, and update everything. You know, if you are going to use the plugin architecture of WordPress, which, let's be honest, most people do, then make sure that you update everything. Do your diligence, your due diligence, to make sure that you've got at least an angle on uh, how reliable and updated the plugins that you're going to deploy are and then make sure to make sure to jolly well update them as soon as there's an update available i would say daily yeah but, you know not everybody can manage that but it would help if you could do it on a daily basis more if possible if you can automate those things and you're happy with the consequences especially now that we've got the site health option in wordpress mm. you can update much more on an automatic basis and get feedback about what's gone wrong should something go wrong um, then you, you're protecting yourself as much
1: as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know? I would love to know those people who do just build and don't have a care plan. Whether they send their clients off with a security plugin installed, whether they they do that, or whether that's the client's responsibility. Because yeah. think thinking about it now, I mean, those sites that didn't come on our care plan, well before I had one, I I sent off without a security plugin on. I didn't think they would understand what those plugins were telling them.
0: Yeah, which gets us into the whole licensing issue, which we'll save for another day about whether you know, whether that's a legitimate use of the license that you've given or, you know, if it's a free one, that's fine. Um But the, oh, I forgot what I was going to say now. It's completely gone out of my head. I'm sorry, I'm going to hand it back to you. Oh, that's annoying. <laughs> okay.
1: That's okay. Shall we move on to what we kind of do? Because we really, with our care plans, I just, I thought it'd be interesting to talk talk about what we actually promise in our plans to the clients. I mean, you know, do we promise to clear their hacks if they get them? Well, it's interesting. Actually, I've just
0: remembered what I was going to say. And that is that Ah. when there's a client who doesn't want to be on the care plan, I have a, I have a. It's not really a sequence of emails in that it's not really automated, but I do send out emails shortly after launching the site and handing it over, and and I do say, look, you know, you just just be mindful that uh, it's a bit like driving a car without insurance. I don't actually use those words, but that's a decent analogy. Um, you cannot really justifiably come back to me having crashed it. Uh, In this case, you know, it's been hacked or I did something horrific and now it won't load, the site won't display any content or whatever. You can't really legitimately come back and say, "Um, look, I think it's your responsibility to fix it. I do make that point. I don't really drive it home if they've said we we don't want any part of your care plan. But I do make the point that, look, be 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 mindful that this is uh, this is a possibility and then we kind of leave it there and it's not really come back to bite me yet so um anyway sorry uh regarding care plans what do we promise yeah i had to open mine up actually and have a look i've got various levels basically regarding the security my um my care plans speak about backing up and the frequency of that backing up the more you pay the the more often that backing up takes place um um uptime monitoring so monitoring in terms of whether the site's gone down there's loads of services out there which you can use some of them free some of them paid where you can get a a five every five minute little ping of the website or possibly more if you pay and it'll tell you if something's gone down and i found those to be very reliable and they genuinely get the emails and they do go down and genuinely get the emails and they do come back up um and then it's things like um, whether or not there's like security plugins installed and licensed and paid for. So they're, they're the kind of three areas which I do really, you know, uptime monitoring, some kind of security solution and um, backing up.
1: Yeah, but uh, I mean, I actually say that I'll get them back up and running again, Uh, if there is any, because I do mention this one. uh, But we talked earlier as well, and in some ways we're the same, but we probably, before this goes out, we'll go and change our terms and conditions of (laughs) it. But yeah, yeah, you, you will put them back, but not necessarily without losing some data because you're going to use a backup, which is pretty much what I'm going to do as well. Yeah. So it, it, when we
0: were talking before this call, it, it, it did suddenly occur to me that, you know, there might be problems with my strategy. But anyway, the, the principle being that backups are my, my best line of defense, if you know what I mean. It, what I mean by that is it's something that I can proactively do. I can do that. I can make the backups, I can put them somewhere safe, I can make sure that they're stored for the appropriate length of time so that they're available to me should something go wrong. What I don't have control over is is when a hack will take place. So backups, to me, feel like my best foot forward, if you like. And then on top of that are security plugins and what have you. But yeah, the, the problem, which, fingers crossed, touch wood, all of that stuff, which hasn't really arisen too much for me is is the whole notion of, a site getting hacked, it needs to be cleaned up, and yet the backups are are so new. Sorry, the, the, the attack took place so long ago and the, the vulnerability has been there sitting, waiting. Let's say it was in there for three months, but the site has been updated so many times within that three months that the backup is kind of pointless because they've mm. written loads of blog posts or they've added a whole bunch of uh, content. That is a bit of a problem um, and one that I'm sure other people have faced and I don't really have a uh, hand on heart I don't really have the perfect answer for that
1: no well I I'm I had to deal with quite a few hacks because of people who didn't come on our care plan who haven't updated have come to me and just one only yesterday and um it's I've had to, I mean, they've not lost any data because I have had to go through the task of cleaning up all of the files and hoping that, you know, the hack doesn't come back. And so far it's been good. And and I've been lucky as well with my own uh, sites that they haven't been hacked, the ones I've been managing, or, well, that's not entirely true. A couple did, but they were very quickly found and they were very simple hacks and were sorted. So I think, yeah, at the moment, I just wonder if that's, yeah, So in a way, we promised to get people up and running, but I, we're not really guaranteeing that we'll secure their data. And I've never really fleshed this out at all. Yeah. And that was the interesting thing that the
0: conversation before we recorded brought to light is that I haven't really fleshed this out either. I haven't really made a made it explicit or differentiated in any way that, you know, the backup might not be... The most recent, in other words, the hack the hack could take place months ago, and so the backups will will work there's nothing wrong with the backups, but they might not get you back to exactly where you want to be and obviously, let's say for example, an e commerce site that's absolutely unacceptable, yeah. you know it needs to be um, including all the orders and I think at that point, um, weighing up time versus money i would I would be reaching into my wallet as part of the care plan and paying for somebody to to go through that somebody who's an expert in this with a fine tooth comb looking at it um because you know after after a few hours of my time scraping around the payment to the professionals would would make perfect economic sense and i would feel happy that i had some kind of agreement with them that they'd done their job to the highest possible standard whereas I think the nature of the beast with with hacks is you can never have that certainty that you yourself have cleaned it up unless you're a bit of an expert yeah
1: well that's one I'm I'm waiting to find out soon yeah. because so far they've been cleaned up and I've been able to do it within reasonable time with with various scanners, in, in my case, WordFence has been very good, positive, um, false positives, a lot of them. But as long as you can kind of work out what's happening, it's cleaned it up and it's done it for me. I, I guess I would need to do the same because it's happened so infrequently that with hacks and you know, not ones I'm managing that mm. it would probably be, be better to know that there's a service I would call upon. You see, there are services
0: like um, WP Security Audit Log, which yeah. realistically will be your absolute best friend should you need this the problem is it's a bit like insurance we sort of begrudge paying for things that we don't need until suddenly we need them and we think oh why didn't i spend a fortune on the insurance that would 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 help me out at this point it, you know i went for the the cheapest possible <laughs> option um and and you know it makes for a good starting point you'd be able to see where this comes from and I think that's the problem the fear that I have a little bit around cleaning up sites is that without those logs without a real fine-grained understanding my worry is always well how did it get there what was the thing that allowed it to be there so cleaning it up is one thing okay well, I've removed I've I've removed all the evidence of it in a sense I've, I've hoovered around a little bit and cleaned the carpet yeah. but what put the mock on the carpet in the first place. How did that happen? Mm. And with a, a mm. good security logging strategy, you increase your chances dramatically. Now it might be that it was some vulnerability which a plug-in update then patched, so it can't happen again. So you, mm-hmm. you're fine. But you, you, unless you've got those logs, I suppose you're not going to know that. Um, and that, that's where my worry uh, comes from. Cleaning it up because of what you just said. You know, you're hoping that it, that you've done it, but. Um, but the, the hope for me um, would would make me lose sleep a little bit. I think, which is why I would would happily pay somebody to do that. And do you think they would always get to the
1: bottom of that? Because
0: you know, there no, was a- I, I don't suppose they would. They might just take have the same approach. But I presume, not having enlisted the services of these organisations, I presume there's some standard agreement that you sign, which places some responsibility onto them for for you know having an having another look should it reemerge i don't know perhaps in the comments somebody could uh, could highlight that to us i just feel that security is so ephemeral so constantly on the move you know the, the 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 ice is always shifting that um you you need to be really on top of this to understand what's going on and it's just not my area of expertise i have a i have an anecdotal interest in it but i'm not an expert on it you know
1: yeah, but I think it always comes down to um, you know, who you, my clients they won't pay a lot for their maintenance, you know. Mm. I've set it up so it's a f- very affordable. So there's not much I can spend on these kind of services. Of so the best I can do is a backup. One thing that did cross my mind we didn't talk about this earlier which was um whether you go for a incremental backup system instead if you thought you had something like a uh, an e-commerce site that was busy you know so it does a backup every time somebody makes a new order say
0: yeah well um my strategy with that is i just take a full backup every day um mm. that that is literally that like what I do, you know, there's and, and within that, obviously, I've got the database, I've got the files and what have you. Um, but I, I could see the point if you've got a, a big e-commerce store or something where there's actual you know importance in this, uh, a, a database update um, every couple of hours would seem like absolute common sense. Absolutely, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But
1: I think some of them though are running on as soon as the event happens. So as soon okay. as so the order triggered comes by in, some
0: it... hook and it, it fires off. A,
1: yeah, again,
0: why not? um no reason not to you've just got to have the capacity to store that stuff and the capacity for that to be happening in the background and not not destroying the uh the speed of your website loading i suppose
1: yeah (laughs) yeah that's the big thing you know because um i'm a big fan of uh WordFence and um but i'm not a big fan of how heavy it is Mm. Uh, you know so i i've you know, for a little while until just recently, there was some hacks that friends of ours got. you know I was really thinking about just converting it over, so something else did the scanning and it you know it, it saved on server resources. But I've completely turned around within you know a week into the fact that I'm not going to change what's been working for me because the scanner's so good
0: it this is in word fence you you like the the capability, yeah. <clears> even though it does use quite a lot of c p u cycles. And time's out on, yeah. um, you know, on
1: on cheaper hosting. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, it, it seems to be okay for that. But it's, uh, I mean, my rationale behind it now, and I'm starting to think a little bit about treating sites differently, because largely I've put the same stack in for everybody's sites. And there are some sites which just nobody, they, they could easily be static sites, really. They're updated maybe once a year and nobody goes into them. And I treat them the same as I do a busier site where mm. they might get updates on them every couple of days, you know? Yeah.
0: What about, so, um, what about the restriction of roles and things like that? Do you, do you <clears throat> restrict the capability of your clients to interact with WordPress in any way, or do you give everybody admin
1: permissions and just sort of hope for the best? Yeah, well, we talked about this and I have realized, in fact, I did realize before that I've been such a fool on this, really. I did give them all the owners admin rights and anybody extra they wanted. I gave them lower roles and I've really only just worked out I, months back, really, that all they need is to be uh, an editor role because the page builder I'm using, I can give them full access to everything they need on that. And while I'm managing their sites, they don't need to put in a new plugin or anything. And that just causes me problems if they do. Mm. And you said, you said it perfectly before that uh, they don't know anything else. If yeah. They, if they I'm wondering about all this sort of stuff. Should this, all of this go into
0: my, if you like, contract at the beginning of the project? In other words should i explicitly say look i'm taking daily backups um they'll be stored but if there's a vulnerability and there's a hack i can only restore the backups that i've got and you know and and it will have to go back as far as the vulnerability um being discovered but equally with this should i be saying and i wonder if anybody does do this should i be saying okay wordpress has got this user it's got this user permissions user roles system when we hand over the site we're going to give you the editor role and we are going to keep the administrator role for ourselves whilst you're whilst you've got the site in our care obviously you know if they demand the site i've got no problems with uh giving them all of the files and everything and at that point you can have the administrator role i'm just saying this is a possibility i don't i don't have any strong thoughts on this but maybe explicitly saying whilst it's under our care whilst you're paying for our care plan our our advice and our policy is that you will have the editor role and you will and we reserve the right to keep the administrator role because it can break things and we don't want the site doing, being broken do we he said sounding Terribly
1: condescending and patronizing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you just said the one thing about them not knowing anything else is yeah. just because I'd already decided that, of course, it's their site so they can have an admin role, you know, uh, even when we're looking after it, as far as I'm concerned. But what I didn't need to do is to kind of give them that early, just yeah. wait until they request it. So I, which I'm doing now, um, they automatically go in and learn WordPress as an editor so they don't see all of the 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 stuff that i have to deal with that's just distracting for them but i'm pretty sure just saying that alone um they're not going to ask me for the administrator role no i think it's very unlikely so so it's taken care of
0: yeah quite a lot of times you know you'll do like a screen share or some way of showing your client what it is that you're that you're trying to achieve you know they'll write you how do i do this and you send them a, a loom video or something of your screen and and i will explicitly say look um there's a whole extra set of menus here which you won't see but you'll have this one you'll have you'll be able to see this menu um and and they don't seem to mind nobody's come back and said oh that's weird i want the i want all of the capabilities that you've got i've never really had that um, i'm trying to think if that's true yeah, I, I can't really, I can't off the top of my head remember a time where a client has gone. No, I want the full Monty. In my case, most, I would say most of my clients are, sorry, clients are somewhat afraid of breaking things, and they're quite happy for me to deal with all those things because they just want to log in, create content,
1: click save, log out, go away, come back in next <laughs> month or whatever. Yeah. Now, I mean, mine comes out of the fact that I, I wanted to train people to use WordPress and their sites a bit more. But I think I've been <clears throat> initially a little bit over keen to expose them to everything that that is there in WordPress when they yeah. just they might as well ask for it. Yeah, if they can have it. <laughs> but I bet most won't ask for it.
0: No, there's a couple of things that that I've been that the editor role is incapable of doing. And I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but um. I give the clients the editor role and then occasionally they'll ask me for something which is beyond the scope of the editor role. So there are various plugins and I can't remember the name of the one that I just, I showed you before we started recording, but there are various plugins and obviously you can do this yourself if you want, but if you want a nice click, a point and click interface. You can have editor role. You can upgrade the editor role if you like so that it inherits just a few of the admin permissions. And I've had to deploy that a few times just because it made absolute sense for the client to have this and for me not to do it all the time. So there are there are caveats. There are yeah. times when the editor role will not work out and um, I've got
1: around it in that way, uh, but, it, but it's yeah. fine.
0: And then you asked yeah, the question, the put-
1: sorry, go on. I was just going to say the plugin that you mentioned because I've still got the tab open is Editor Menu and Widget Access by Guy Primavera. Primavera. Yep. yep. And I've used that a few times. And simply put, it just enables or
0: disables uh, certain items in the the. It only works with the editor role, and it enables or disables certain things. And I can't remember what it was that I needed to enable. It might have been something to do with media or a page builder or something. Um, and and it, it fixed that problem for me, and we could move on, and they could do the tasks that they needed to do without really um, compromising anything that I I wanted to keep from them because they were an editor. Um, you've also put on here. Do you do you restrict things like uh, what a client can upload? Do you give them full access to all that as well?
1: Mm. I, I I do. Um, and that and that's included because I've been giving them administrator roles earlier on. Okay. Uh, not so much now. They've been adding in some plugins. You see, I've I've tried to say this early to most of them that you know it's your site, so you can do what you like. So mm-hmm. that's what seems like a good idea. And most of them haven't touched it, but a few have. And and certainly the sites where we, I don't manage them, they just have a knack for updating good plugins but the ones that just seem to have a vulnerability recently so right. that's given me a few- <laughs> that's that's absolutely <laughs> diabolical isn't it you know they, they install <laughs> no. the plugin in which
0: the vulnerability arises the very next day
1: it, it's almost like that it's it's
0: just bizarre but um yeah i think there's I been think a couple it, of the, 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 the you use the word ownership or something a moment ago and i think that that's kind of the point of it really it, it it's kind of I I don't make any claims on owning it but whilst I'm looking after it I kind of I kind of obviously have a different approach to you in that you 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 have been at least anyway happy to give them the admin role and and you want for them to to be able to explore what WordPress can do and learn what it can do I think I've taken a bit more of a guarded approach a bit more of a kind of you know castle and moat approach that yeah. um there's certain things that I want to restrict them from doing just because I don't want the extra burden of of fixing stuff that they break. Because as soon as they come onto the care plan, in a sense, I I take on the custody of that. I take on the the ownership of of fixing stuff when it goes wrong. So the more the more hands that are the more well, what's the expression Cooks spoiling the broth. The more cooks yeah. that we've got, the more chance that it will get spoiled, and the the more work that I will have to do. So, yeah, it's just a, a different approach. And I bet, I bet, I bet our community is really split about this one. How much, what user roles you give them, what access do you give them, what do you tell them they can do, you know? And maybe in some cases, you even build sites and never even let them know that there's a a WordPress login. You literally do it all. They send you the copy, send you the images, and you upload it all as a post, and and that they don't even know what WordPress is, is used for on that site. I bet some people are doing
1: that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? I've changed my mind a little bit just having this conversation today about how I need to approach things because I am keen that they feel they have ownership and I am keen that they learn to be able to do things with their sites because I think there's a demand for that amongst many clients. Mm. But I th- I just don't think I need to give them too much too soon. I don't need to say they can't have it. I just don't need to shove it in their faces. And I think because my problem is exactly what you're saying you take on the responsibility for the site while you're managing it. And if you encourage them by giving them admin access to go and use plugins, then they're going to do it. And then, you know, I then I have to say something like you uploaded something that was vulnerable. So, you created the problem that we have i don't want that conversation no
0: and it's a difficult balance isn't it and i suppose it would come down to in your case at least anyway it would come down to when the question is asked you know you're not going to refuse them should they ask the question but my guess would be that if you gave them the editor role and everything was based around that you i don't think that many of your clients you know because they're running a business they've got something better to do the website is a function of the business it's not it isn't their business it's just something that mm. that you know enables their business that you probably won't get too many of those questions they won't really ask look is there some is there some feature that you've disallowed me from using my assumption would be probably that they'll think um okay this is this is the system that's been built for me here's 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 what i can do um and they might occasionally reach out and say you know is it possible mm. for me to do this thing at, in which at which point you might need to have those conversations but i think it'd be fairly few and far between
1: yeah no i think this is great this is a great chat for me anyway if Mm. no one else but because it's actually and i think this is the important thing isn't it when we're talking about security you need to you need to have a rationale something you believe in else otherwise you, you you always feel a little uncertain about what you're doing
0: yeah yeah indeed so we we do there is a case to be said for restricting what clients can do you know um do you, do you have like a password policy for, for clients? Do you enforce them to use strong passwords? I know that's kind of like going back to what we were saying earlier, but that was more about, um, you know, mm. off, off-site stuff. Do you, do you force them to do certain things uh, like that? I-
1: I think I've nailed it now because I, I set up their account and then give them the, the original strong password to go in initially. Yeah, and, and now it's part of the security plugin that I'm using that it forces strong passwords. So if they try and change them or add anybody else in, they won't be able to use a weak one. Right. So I think I've probably nailed that one.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, so what you yeah. send them the, upon sign-up, you send them the WordPress email and they then have to use a new password, but the plugin interrupts at that point and says, no, it must be a strong one. You can't give us a a shoddy weak password. Yeah, that is good. I'd I'd forgotten that they do that, but you're
1: right. I'm pretty sure that I enable that on every site as well. Yeah, well, WordPress is pretty good. It, I mean, it suggests your pa- it gives you your password in the first place, doesn't it? Yes. So you would have to change it to a weaker one yes. anyway, um, which I do like. But I mean, I it's literally in Wordfence for me that, and I think it's in many of them where yeah. you can just turn on four strong passwords so someone can't change it to something weak yeah. if they try. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now I have I have something to ask you, David, because we've now talked for forty two minutes, and My. we are we are nowhere near. Um, through this subject my fear is that if we keep going this podcast is is going to end up as like probably close to two hours what do you think should we split this one in two and offer offer our offer our uh, listeners
1: the uh the second part next week <laughs> yeah why not i think that's a good idea actually because okay. we could we could talk a little bit on the actual tools that are out there because we haven't really touched on though there's there's a ton of them
0: yeah. Do you want to do that now or do you want to save that for next week? Let's okay. save it for next week. Let's do that. Okay. In which case, somewhat on, somewhat surprisingly, we're going to split the episode up into two parts because there's just more to say. So uh, we'll make it so that it happens next week. So we'll just follow on from exactly where we got to. And um, okay, so for now, we'll, um, we'll knock that one on the head, but we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us on the WP Builds podcast again this week. I hope you got something out of that. And uh, remember that next week we'll be talking about the kind of plugins and available options that are in the WordPress ecosystem. So join us for that. Sorry that we had to cut it short this week. But honestly, you don't want to listen to an hour and a half of David and I droning on about Internet security. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by WP and Up one in four of us will be directly affected by mental health related illness wp and op supports and promotes positive mental health within the wordpress community this is achieved through mentorship events training and counseling please help enable wp and op by visiting wpandop.org/give together we can press forward Okay, that's almost it for this week. Just a couple of things to say. Join us next Thursday, obviously, for the next installment of this podcast. Join us on Monday when we'll be going through the WordPress news. Very early in the morning, I release uh, an audio version of my take on the WordPress news for the previous week. And then at 2 p.m. UK time. We do a Facebook Live in which I'll be joined by some special guests in the WordPress community in the WP Builds Facebook group, which you can find over at wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. It's very nice when people join us and comment and so on. It's really, really very lovely indeed. But that's it, I think. So maybe I'll see you Thursday. Maybe I'll see you Monday. But I hope to see you again soon. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music. Bye bye for now.